Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast, episode number 16. This is the third piece in our... The third piece. The third piece in our 12-step, our breakdown of the 12 steps. Uh, We just had Kayla C. on. Uh, Before that was Peter M. And today we're doing step number three. I'm uh, Mason S., I'm your co-host, and with me as always is my man TK. You know it. Yep. <laughs> and today we got Miss Heather with us. Heather, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are oh. y'all? Mm, could not complain. It's Father's Day. This won't come out on Father's Day, but it's been a good day. I couldn't be any better. Yeah. I've had a wonderful day. That's yep. awesome. All right, so let's start with your clean date and give your home group a shout out all right i'm heather m my clean date is january 9th 2021 and newcomers is my home group the best home group around all right that was another opportunity wasn't it? hey what's it like getting clean in january i hear the best recovering addicts get clean in january why because it's your clean well, date yeah yeah <laughs> It wasn't my original clean date, so I'll just say that. Um, but it was nice. It was a nice way to start out the year, I think. Oh, yeah. It's perfect way. Yeah. 11 good months in a year. It's, <laughs> yeah. Before we get started into step three, we'd like everybody to get to know you a little bit. So tell us about um, finding Narcotics Anonymous, how you found it. Uh, what brought you into the rooms and what brought me into the rooms? I had had previous knowledge of NA and um, I just never really put forth the effort because it wasn't a lot of, I lived in a different state at the time and there wasn't a lot of attraction for me. Um, And actually what attracted me to NA this time was an individual that I worked with and I watched how he grew and I wanted what he want or what he had. And that was like self-respect and um, dignity and all these character traits that I just yearned for. Um, so I, you know, of course, came to the rooms and I did relapse as part of my story. So I did go back out one night and I felt so guilty because I was doing so good that I came back to the rooms And I've stayed ever since. I'll tell you what keeps me in those doors is the amount of love. Um, The fact that I have a family now. Um, I do a lot of H&I. And H&I is my jam. I love it. Just seeing the light bulb go off in these ladies' eyes is just, oh, man, it just melts my heart. So H&I has been a very big part of my recovery and keeping me clean. Looking back on it now, what do you think you learned um, about the disease 
you know, after you experienced that one bad night? What I learned is that it never gives up. I have to work that much harder um, and work the steps. Cause at the time, I think I didn't again, take it seriously enough. And I wasn't in my step work like I should have been. Um, I wasn't calling my sponsor like I was supposed to. As a matter of fact, I called her at the bar instead of calling her before going to the bar. So um, in all reality, if I had worked the program the way that I suggested to work the program, you know, which is how I do it now, um, I may would have had a different clean date. And look, that's what recovery is all about. We ain't in here trying to be perfect. And I think um, that coincides good with what we're talking about tonight because, you know, just like with step three, it's not a commitment to perfection. It's, you know, sometimes it's about learning from our mistakes and, you know, thank God that, you know, ever since you had that little incident, I mean, you surrendered, you humbled yourself and you've been kicking ass ever since, you know, so kudos to you for that, for sure. So let's talk about some of the struggles that you've had, um, you know, trying to stay clean and, and, you know, I know you're a mom and what's, what's been some of the struggles with recovery? Um, in early recovery, um, I made a lot of life changes early on. And I think that's, uh, where I struggled the most and probably partially, um, contributed to my relapse. Um, I was in the middle of a divorce, um, kind of lived in a little shack of a house and it just, you know, my self-esteem went way down because of, I'm clean, but I'm still living like an addict. Um, and being a mom, I'm a single mom now, two beautiful girls, but they need me. But then my recovery needed to come first. So I struggled with that a lot as, you know, I had to try to find time for them, recovery, work, you know, all the things. Um, and at one point I was working two jobs. So then I had two jobs, recovery and children. Um, which, you know, since then I've backed off a bit because I realized that in doing that, I was overdoing it and my recovery was kind of slipping. So I was able because of the rooms and because of the people that are there to realize where I needed to slow down and really focus. And uh, yeah, so I struggled a lot in early recovery. I still struggle today, but not the struggles are a little different. You know what I mean? I think it changes, it ebbs and it flows. So, so Heather, what's your sponsorship look like today? Wonderful. I love my sponsor. I do call my sponsor. Um, we work steps together. Um, I actually have the privilege of being a sponsor now. And so I think that that has helped me to learn um, more discipline towards you know, being that person for my sponsor. I didn't realize that I was taken away from my sponsor originally by not calling her. I thought I was burdening her. Mm. And what I've come to realize is that no, when I call, you never know if that, that phone call is helping them in a situation they're in. So, um, sponsorship is huge to me now. Um, we do fun things together and it's something that I never, ever imagined I would be able to do. I know that women in recovery have a hard time trusting women. 
And uh, early on I did, but then I, now I have the strongest bonds with some of these women, especially my sponsor. She knows things about me that not even my best friend knows. And she's never told a soul. And I hold that dear to me because there's, you know, there's some things that we just don't, you know, we want to be able to trust somebody with. And I know I can trust her with my whole heart. I know some sponsors sometimes I've heard them talk in meetings and, and share about, uh, you know, sometimes their uh, sponsees don't necessarily want to call them and they're like, well, I feel like I'm burdening you. And, and it's one of the coolest responses that I ever heard. It's like, it's none of your business to know if I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was one of the coolest things. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I like how you shared that perspective of learning exactly how beneficial those phone calls are from being on the other side of it and having your sponsees call you. And sometimes we don't ever really truly grasp that until we become sponsors ourselves. Something you touched on there, I'll go a little bit more in detail about learning to trust the women in the groups and how beneficial that's been once you've been able to you know, finally start to trust some of these ladies? Um, It's beneficial because then I can be trustworthy. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if I'm, if I give them my deepest, darkest secrets and they hold on to them, then I feel like I can do the same thing. You know what I mean? Because in active addiction, we told everybody's business and we didn't care. Um, and it has just made me a better person. And it's actually made me a better mom and being able to take my daughters, um, whatever they're going through. And they have opened up to me in ways that we never had before because I'm a trustworthy person now. Um, so I think it, it's like, it, it goes both ways. It teaches you how to become that person. So that's really cool to me. Yeah, and then you get to pass that along. What a yes. beautiful thing. It is awesome. And I love being able to pass what was freely given to me. It just it makes me so happy to be able to do that. One more thing that you touched on. You were talking about H and I and how great that's been. What what does that look like for you? Like doing H and I and um being able to go in to where ladies can't get out and you be able to go in there and, you know, maybe you're the first side of hope that they see for a long time. Did you ever see yourself in that position? Never in a million years. You know, I've been on the other side of H and I, you know, in the jails and institutions or whatever. And I always looked at those ladies, like they were just an escape from my pod or what have you. But, um, it, when you walk in those rooms and those girls are so excited to see you like it, that's a high that I've never felt before in my entire life. And there's a thing that I've noticed with the women is the one that cries. There's always one that balls their eyes out during the meeting. And the one that cries usually in my experience makes it out and they're clean mm -hmm. today. And I actually have a product of H&I um, that is part of our home group that is near and dear to my heart. And I just, she inspires me to go in 
every time, you know what I mean? And uh, just, I think about her and I pray about her and, and then, you know, I pray about what I need to say, you know, what God needs to tell me to say to these women to get through to them. And it's so amazing when they're like, Oh my God, you just said that. And I've been going through that. How does that happen? You know, my higher power speaks through me to them and it's so empowering and it's so beautiful. And I have never felt anything like it. It's, I get excited to go. What's really cool about when you go in to that facility and six months later, you see one of those individuals walk up in that home group and it's like yes. that you got the opportunity to plant that seed yes. that you get to actually see that seed grow just by them walking in. It's, you know, it feels like that you've done just a little something for Absolutely. somebody else to get, get out of yourself. You know what I mean? I yeah. watched a, a, a woman not only go through jail, a rehab um, and reunite with her children and is doing great. And that just tickles my heart. I mean, it just, it's so amazing. It happened to me twice this week. Really? Yeah. Jordan. That is so awesome. That's really cool. You know, and it makes on those days when you realize, oh shit, I got to go do H and I tonight. And you know, it's <laughs> like the last minute and you're like, Oh my God, man. I don't know if I can keep doing it, but that makes it so worth it. All the time, all the, all the time that we've spent going in and, and doing that, it doesn't only help us, but you know, when that, if only one person walks in from all the time that we spend doing H and I, it makes it worth it. And absolutely. It's really cool. That's one less addict out there that could possibly die. And, you know, if I, I always tell my girls when we go in, if we touch at least one soul, we've done our job. That's it. And that you can tell it. the one that you've touched, true, truly touched. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's roll on into our topic tonight, which is step three. And then, Travis, if you would, why don't you read step three for us? All right, step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. All right, Heather. So what do you got on step three for us? So step three was probably the very first real um, good decision I've made in my life. Um, has it always been easy? No, because I have to, it's a daily struggle to try to turn my will over and then I want to take it back. You know, I have to consciously try to make that decision day in and day out. Um, I have a very awesome uh, relationship with my higher power and, and boy, he lets me know when uh, I've taken my will back. And um, so I, and he lets me know quick, but I'll tell you what, the times that I have, given my will over, I have seen such fruitful outcomes that it's insane. Like I literally one day was just like at the top of my lungs, I was working my second job. I already worked 17 hours that day and I just said help. And I had a situation that was going on and no sooner did I get the word help out and I had fully given what I was holding on to, I, I, 
my heart jumped out of my chest. I had fully given it. No sooner did it get out of my mouth that I got phone call after phone call after phone call where everything just lined right up exactly how it needed to line up. It was the most crazy thing. I called my sponsor and I was like, you're going to think I'm nuts, but I got to tell you this because somebody's got to hear it. <laughs> it was so awesome. And I'm glad so you just touched. That one, just that one decision just to pour my heart out and I didn't have to do anything. And I'm glad you touched on the decision part too, because that's very much what step three is. Absolutely. Yeah. I know that in my experience, when I first started the program and started to work, um, uh, step three, I was like, well, life's over. This is it. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> of the religious, uh, teachings that we've been taught, you know, as a child, you know, like, compared to the life that we used to live, uh, we can't, we can't do anything. Yeah. Like you got to come in, you know, snow white pure. And I was like, I, I, my third step set on the kitchen table for three months, mm. almost three months. Yeah. Because of fear of the religious, uh, teachings that I'd had as a child. Yeah, sure did. And I was like, it's over with. As soon as I take this step, you know, life is life is done. And I can see where that would hinder you. It's a fear. I think it's a fear of failure that also that I'm not going to be perfect. And I've heard in the rooms progress over perfection multiple times and i that's like a mantra to me these days because i have to realize that i'm never going to be perfect but as long as i'm progressing forward then i'm doing what i'm supposed to do yeah you know for me you know step three is very much um an action step too um right. it's it's very much to me i'm going to do my part i'm going to do my part to the best of my ability and anything outside of that, I'm going to trust, you know, something outside of me for the result of that. You know, it's kind of like getting out of the result committee. Um, right. Now what we have been doing here for the past two episodes is, um, can you think of any real life experience that you had that you can see the evidence of you practicing step three? Well, like I said, the, the one I've, made that conscious decision um, in my car when I was at a low point and immediately saw things happening exactly the way that they were supposed to. But another thing is I had to um, make the decision to be patient, which is extremely hard for myself. I know fellow addicts um, in just trying to get a home um, for my ch children. And I had to give that all over and do my part. Like you said, um, I did everything that I needed to do and I just had to sit back and wait. And it, it was amazing to me because like when I drove past this house that I currently live in, I heard, you know, that's going to be yours one day, but I went through hell to get it. You know what I mean? But I also, had to 
consciously give my will up over and over and over again. I wanted it now. I wanted it, you know, yesterday, whatever. And it took me almost a year to even get into this house. And now we live here and it's my home. Um, so, and just giving my will over for certain things like jobs and, and relationships and different things like that, those areas of your life, you really have to trust, you know, and have faith that as long as you're putting the work in, what is meant to come to you is going to come to you. And it does every time. It just may be not in your time. So Heather, making that decision when everything is peaches and cream, it's pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, but when it hits the fan, that's when it seems like it seems to be the hardest. What are some of those struggles to turn over or make that decision when everything is hitting the fan? Um, I want to be in control. Um, so I struggle with that. Mm. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think when the shit hits the fan is when I'm the most vulnerable and when I'm actually the most willing to turn my will over. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's like the opposite effect, but that's the effect it has on me. Um, it's actually harder for me when things are going good to be able to say, hey, I don't know. I can make this decision on my own and and it'll go great. But really, I got to I've got to do it in the good times and the bad times. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's uh, that's a good point. Um, you know, a lot of people think that addicts either make their best decisions when everything's really good or really bad, but sometimes it's when everything's routine and going just the way that it should go. Uh, we struggle with that. So I know I do. Uh, you know, I used to intentionally rock the boat, but no, almost now self-consciously I rock the boat um, without even not. thinking about it. Yeah. Surely not. Believe it or not, even me, even me, Travis, I will rock the boat. Um, so let's talk about this because it's very important for that these steps are in order for a reason. <clears throat> um, just in your in your opinion, you know, what, what, why do you think it's important for us to have to work step three before we go into step four? Um, I think it's important because, first of all, we had to make that decision. So that's the number one decision we have to make. Then we have to make a decision to to write down and and inventory ourselves and that also I think deals with our willpower and what exactly do we want to give somebody? Do I want to give it all and be as, you know, clean as I can, or do I want to hold on to some of these secrets and stay sick? Um, I struggled with that because I did hold on to a secret with one of my sponsors, which I eventually ended up telling my next sponsor I said, I can't hold this in any longer. I took my will back and didn't um, and didn't write it down because it was something that I felt was so shameful. I couldn't possibly tell my sponsor at the time. Um, and it turned out to be the exact person I needed to tell it to um, because she had gone through the very same exact 
thing. Um, so I think it ended up working out for me actually, but, um, we just have to have that willingness to let go. You know what I mean? And I think in step four is a lot of letting go. Um, we got to let go of the resentments and, but we also have to realize that we're not bad people. We made bad decisions. Um, so not only do we get to, you know, say, Hey, what this person did to me, but now I got to see my part in it and, you know, all those things that come with it. And then we also get to see how we're not such bad people. So I don't know. It's, I think it has a lot to do with your willingness to let go. Yeah. You know, um, for me, I have to have, I have to believe that if I'm going to really dig deep and let down some of these walls with another human being throughout the rest of this process, really dig deep and see the exact nature of my wrongs, inventory myself from the inside out, uh, I have to believe that something good is going to come out of it, you know, and I have to trust that process and I have to take what I learned from steps one, two, and three. And I have to take all those principles and roll that into step four or step four is impossible. You know, right. and that's, that's just me. Do you feel yeah. that way, a little courage? Yeah. It goes a long way. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. One, two, and three gives you the courage to be able to say, Hey, these are the things that happened and that I did and, or that happened to me. And so it does give you that just enough courage to get it out. Yeah. All right, Heather. So before we get off here, um, what we usually do, and you said you listened to the last episode, uh, what's your message to the person who may be struggling with, well, let's talk about maybe struggling with step three, uh, maybe struggling with the concept of a higher power or turning it over in some way. What's your message to that person? Um, my message would be that this step has nothing to do with religion. First and foremost, I know a lot of people get scared because they think that a higher power means it has to be this, you know, God that is strict and hateful and you're going to go to hell and you know all these horrible things but if you look at it you have a choice of a higher power number one um, your higher power could be nature it could be the rooms it could be anything that you want it to be as long as it's the loving and caring and greater than yourself and the loving and caring part of it was what attracted me to that step and I didn't struggle with that step whatsoever because the God of my understanding, I finally got to learn that I am loved no matter what. Even if I have a little hiccup and I screw up, I still am loved and I'm lovable. Um, and there is a power that cares about me, uh, which is something that I struggled with my entire life. So if that's a, a tough subject for you. Pick whatever you want, man. This program does not put, don't put it in a box. We don't have to choose what Mason chooses or what Travis chooses. It doesn't matter. You get freedom of choice. And that's such an awesome feeling to me because I've seen people's higher powers be 
all kinds of different stuff and they're still working the same program and they're thriving and their higher power looks nothing like mine. And I think that's so cool that it's not put in a box and it's not made to be stuffy. You know what I mean? And um, just the loving, caring part is so cool to me because I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I went through a lot of years not feeling loved or cared about. And I could, I felt like I could have died tomorrow and nobody would have given a shit. But now I know that that's not the truth. Um, but my message is, man, just stick in there, do the step to the best of your ability. Even if you don't really have a higher power yet, pray and your higher power will show his face. Yeah, what a great message, Heather. And thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Um, you know, just trust the process. I know that that's that's tough sometimes, but you know, whatever you believe or, or your lack of beliefs, there's somebody in the rooms that maybe don't believe exactly like you do, but it's they they've taken a similar path. So reach out to all the people you can and and get all the help you can with this step. And it's really, it's really a lot more simple than we make it out to be. Um, you know, it's simply just trusting the things out of our control with whatever power is keeping us clean, you know? Absolutely. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Get in there. Feet first, yeah. man. I love you guys. And I really appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing it. Um, we look forward to being back on here next week. We're going to break down the big, the big bad booger bear step four. Yeah, that's real scary. Yeah, real scary. The ghost <laughs> in the closet. You know, I heard a guy speaking one time, and he said, you know, I can break down the steps in six words. He said, it's trust God, clean house, and help others. And we have just covered the trust in God part of that one two and three and our next episode we'll start working on cleaning house and uh eventually we'll make our way to help another nine right Cleaning four through eleven i think is how we put it oh really and okay. then 12s help others i thought 10 11 12 was yeah help i've also heard those as maintenance steps too yeah yeah i ain't always right yeah i ain't gotta be me either, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank y'all. Heather, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thank Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931 306 9364.